Yeah, we might have you skewed just a little bit. So I have it set to bi-directional. <coughs> Sometimes if we don't sit uh, the same distance away, it'll yeah. pick me up louder. Like I'm over top. And then there's a little... Yeah, I think we're good. There might be a little bit of an echo, but... Way better than some of the recordings I've done for this podcast, dude. I've done it outside, like with the... Yeah. You can hear like I-4. <laughs> you hear these 18-wheelers. It's kind of terrible. But... Anyway, thank you for joining us. This is uh, Panhandle Primate Podcast, episode 11. Um, uh, this is my buddy James Arredondo. Hey, hey. It's, uh, well, you know, it's the first day of December today. It is. It is kind of crazy to think that we're about to hit 2018. You know? Like, that's 11 years since I've graduated high, well, since we. You graduated yeah. 07, right? Uh, 06. 06? Yeah. Were you early? Yeah, I was I was young for my grade. Yeah. You're September, right? October. Oh. See, I was September. Yeah. I don't, I think uh How'd you sneak was, in, dude? Well, I was so, always one of the older ones in the grade, you know. So I've got an older brother and sister and I was such a dork when I was like 5, I guess, that I was jealous that they got to go to school. So my parents got me in early because I wanted to go to school and probably because it was better daycare. Mm. <laughs> then Trying to watch cheaper. every day. Yeah. Cheaper daycare, man. Public school system's a little bit cheaper than... I mean, that's the thing, man, is when kids hit school age, that's where they got you. That's where the government's got you. Because <laughs> whenever they hit school age, it's really hard not to send them to public school. Yeah. Because you think it's cheaper. I don't know, man. Maybe you end up buying them more shit, like you buy them more... Uh, School, you know, I mean, you buy new backpacks and new clothes and all this stuff. I mean, it takes a lot of money to go to school and not look like, like, kind of like look like you take care of yourself, you know? Right. Not be the uh, dirty kid. Not be the dirty kid. See, I was the <laughs> dirty kid a lot in school, you know? Um, sadly, I, I went know. to private schools. Oh, lot. yeah. So I don't know about. And see, so. Kind of grass. Was the that. A, had on us where was. That see? Yeah, that is interesting. I don't know if the government did have too much Because <laughs> what school was it? Uh, well, here I went to Ascension Academy. Ascension, okay. And uh, speaking of schools, the hiccuping in the background mm. is Ellie, our little yeah. two-week-old daughter. And uh, yeah, Callie's working, so I've got to watch the baby. Yeah, so. yeah, we're actually in the back. You want to tell people we're in the back of your shop right now. like Yeah, so... Athleisure. Yep, right now we're in the back of Athleisure Boutique. It's my wife's store. Um, first day open today. If you hear this before December 2nd, tomorrow, our grand opening's then. Ooh, I'll try to post it today. Cool. Yeah. Uh, mimosas and shopping for the nice. ladies. And so what the store is, is an athletic women's wear boutique. And so there's brands like Aloe Yoga, Corral, Unzi, which I don't know, maybe it's Unzi or Onesie. I don't know how it's pronounced, <laughs> but uh, just brands like that. So you're not up in your, I bet you're like way more educated in chick clothing than you've ever been in your life, like right at this moment. You I'm know? still pretty ignorant, mm. but uh, how can you not be, man? That's the thing is you look at it and like Shannon, dude, she, she is constantly introducing these new brands. She's saying these names, like I should know who they are. I'm like, how, yeah. how would I know? I, I've worn the same jeans for two years, you know? I can tell like, you, I hadn't heard of any of these brands before Callie, you know, came up with the idea. And I was just thinking, like, okay, maybe people know what they are. And then you'll she'll be talking to other girls, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you're going to carry that. 
Yeah. And what is one of the really like the really uh, popular ones? It's like uh, so free people movement. Free people. That's the one. That's actually the one that Shannon really likes is free people. Well, and I guess what I've picked up on is uh, so free people is like the the mother brand Uh that everyone loves and wants to wear, but then free people movement, which is what we carry. Is the athletic Free line people movement? Okay, well, let's see what can I get. Ah. Yeah, I threw a little selfie, so I'm gonna start trying to put cover art with my. It makes it look a little bit better on my website. Yeah, if I put that. But you know, it's amazing how lazy I am. Because sometimes I'm like, man, you know how much effort it takes me to plug my phone into my computer and down. You know, yeah, I gotta get up. I gotta retrieve that picture. No. No, no, I'm not have time for that. I'm but like it's, I'm like the guy in the infomercial that's sitting there scratching his head, going, "There's got to be a better there's got to be a better way." And it's like, no, there is. Like, and you actually know the way, uh, but you just at least for me, I'm too lazy to just plug my dang phone in. My, I'm afraid something's gonna mess up. Like, it's gonna cross link. And well, for a while, I was getting my text messages on my computer. It was driving me crazy. All you gotta do, man, is you don't have to plug it anymore. Just use AirDrop. Mm. AirDrop makes it super easy. Yeah, I need but, to. But I know what you mean because my laptop, it doesn't uh it has like a big lag period when I first plug it in or turn it on. Yeah. It takes like five or ten minutes and you can see the screen, but the mouse won't work or your anything. computer? Yeah. When you turn it on? See, yeah. I never turn mine off. Well, if I close it, it goes to sleep. It'll go into oh. like rest mode. And then it'll go through that whole thing. I know there's ways to fix yeah. it, but I'm too lazy to go research it yeah me too I, I just want it to work if i open it i want it to just turn on yeah and be everything like as dumb as possible like make it for yeah. literally a child i mean it's is i need the instant gratification yeah, <laughs> yeah you, need, you, you need anything. yeah that's funny we need we do need the instant gratification you oh, know yeah. i was thinking about whenever you're pumping gas at mm-hmm. a gas station and you uh you pull the nozzle out stick it in your car you you get these nice good like the mechanics of the handle give you some good clicks, some firm clicks, yeah. you know, and He's it makes back. you feel like you're doing something. Well, then you know, whenever you go to push buttons on the the screen, mm-hmm. sometimes they don't beep. Yeah, and that drives me crazy. It's like Just I've got to get right. that feedback. I've got to get some oh, sort yeah. of a mechanical. You got to let me know that you received well, like my the, button push. It's like the haptic or taptic or something. I think it's haptic. On phones these uh-huh. days, you know, Apple wants to have no buttons. Oh, yeah. But when you have the home screen that's not a button, it gives you that little click, that little vibration. Mm. You know, it's haptic mm. or taptic feedback mm-hmm. or something like that. Well, what's funny is how it's always hard to learn a new system. But once you learn that system, like, uh, for instance, I remember with T9 texting, mm-hmm. I could text really fast. Yeah. And like, I didn't even have to be looking at my phone. Yeah. Like I could text out an entire message without looking at my phone one time mm-hmm. and while pretending to pay attention to something most of the in time. Class, like most of the time this, this had to have been back in high school. Yeah. Oh, it was. Well, I had a T9 phone. Uh, I think mine was I was working at the Grand Exchange, so it was after the Fire Academy, so it would have been like 2008. I guess uh, like maybe like the beginning of 2009 cuz I got hired at at the end of 2009 okay. so but anyway i remember like even driving down the road it was so much safer because mm-hmm. like i never even <laughs> no, looked i, I, I never mean. even looked at the phone you know now i'm getting the same way with my phone where like i'll notice like i'll i'll be you know thinking of a text or something and i'm not looking at my phone while i'm doing the text yeah. like i'm i'm multitasking and 
and almost able to function at high levels. See, while, I, you know, if I'm sending a, te- you know, I've got an iPhone. If I'm sending a text, I've got to look. Yeah, and it's funny because you can use the Siri or the microphone mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. and I never do that because I feel me like neither. Such a dork. You know, that's the funny thing is I think we're in a strange uh, generation, like epoch, like ours. Most people's is like 10 years, mm-hmm. but I think since technology is te- like developing so fast, yeah. it's getting shorter and shorter. So like the people that you can relate to are very narrow. Like you had to have been 13 to 15 during the six month period to like think that that's dorky, you know? <laughs> or something. I mean, granted, it's, it's a lot more than that, but... Um, well, it's like wearing your cell phone on the outside of your pants. You know, the guys that have the little belt clip? Yeah. I mean... It's practical. It's very practical. And it's it's probably the best place, actually, to carry. Because if you're about to get thrown in the water, boom, it's off the belt. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's thing. a safer place to keep that's it. That's no longer funny. Throwing that, somebody in the water. <laughs> it's not funny anymore. Yeah, that's you know, true. 10, 15 years ago, that's hilarious. You throw somebody in the water. Now... It's like a thousand dollar prank. Yeah, because <laughs> you have to get somebody a new phone. You know that is true. You know a lot of uh, like spraying down people at the fire department. Yeah. Whenever I first got hired on, like I never even had my phone in my pocket. Like it was almost like offensive mm-hmm. if I even had my phone in my pocket, much less on my phone. You know, and I always got sprayed down, man. As a rookie, I got sprayed down all the time. I got snow thrown on yep. me all the time. We don't do that as much anymore. Like you don't. Um, and if you do, I don't know. I mean, rookies should have like a a waterproof case on their phone. Like well, if they don't, it's Tully, like, dude, be smart. When Tully got hired, um, he first started, you know, like four years ago, whatever. Uh, one of the first nights he was there, he was putting up the mop bucket. We sprayed him down, and his phone. He put his phone oh. up, um, because he knew it was coming. Uh huh. But then it fell into the mop bucket. Mm. Mm. Or something like that. It fell into some water. Ah, uh, and and it's well, he had, to, he had to go buy a new phone. So oh, did it ruin it, dude? Oh, I've yeah, had my phone. It. I've had my phone fully submerged in water, and I'll just snatch it out. I break it out of the case real quick. Yeah, and I, I don't even touch it from there. Well, I, I just like leave put it. it. Put it in rice and leave it overnight because Asians will sneak in yeah. and fix it. <laughs> that's an off-color joke. That was a good one. Because well, people always tell you that. They're always like, well, put it in rice, but I've never heard, I've never heard it fall. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. All right, well, let me get to the updates. We are uh, 10, 10.55 in. I haven't gotten my updates. but So first update was the Panhandle podcast meetup, which James was in attendance in attendance of yep, I was there. the other night at Fire Slice. I thought it went pretty well. What would you think? I thought it was a good turnout. Yeah. I mean, uh, especially for throwing something together. Trying to get people to agree to do things is surprisingly difficult. It's surprisingly difficult. I think it's yeah. a lot easier when you don't have a motive, but when you're trying to do a business or trying to start something, people are always going to be like, oh, yeah, man, I'll support you. I'll be there. I'll... I'll do everything, and then nobody ever shows up. So yeah. to actually get people to show up, especially there were a bunch of strangers there, like people that you hadn't met, right? Um, well, there, there were a was there least. was maybe a couple of people who I hadn't really met. Uh, there were several people there that I'd only met once or twice. Yeah, and um, uh, and then I've, I had a couple of people like you and my buddy Brian and my buddy Austin. They I've known them for ten years, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I and and then Brandon McCullough showed yeah. up and See, that's it was a good turnout. Yeah, it was a really fun. It was a really fun group. Like I think that was the part that was the most encouraging to me was like as I looked up and down the table, it was like, man, this is an interesting group of people. Like uh, I actually enjoyed. I, I probably will. What I was thinking is I'll probably try to record a podcast with every single person that was at the first. Yeah. You know, meetup because, and it's not the it's not my podcast meetup. It's not like fans of my podcast right, show up. Right. I, really, one of the things, and uh, I was I was debating on trying to do this at the event, but I'll just spit it on. I, I've already told everybody, but there was a Joe Rogan and Dan Carlin. Joe uh-huh. Rogan had Dan Carlin on. Dan Carlin's hardcore, hardcore history, history right? okay. and common sense. Okay. Have you listened to Common I have Sense? Not listened you should, to common sense. because he brings like you can ask Callie. I very rarely listen to Common Sense. Yeah, <laughs> I not have <laughs> listen. <laughs> you probably always listen to it. You just don't do it. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, okay. But so. uh, anyway, awesome, awesome <clears throat> podcast. Uh, so Joe Rogan had Dan Carlin on recently, and it was like number. Uh, oh, am I really gonna do this? I'm gonna pull out my phone in the middle of a podcast and start and look something up. Uh, but I have the number of the podcast record or written down here. Okay, so uh, number thousand forty one, Joe Rogan Experience, Dan Carlin, uh, and then I have like hour thirty two. But really, the whole mm-hmm. thing is a super um, just interesting podcast. Like really good listen. But he starts talking about podcasting as a medium, as an art, and uh, or they start talking about it and how. It doesn't – one of the things that they said which resonated with me is you have to pick your number. So if you're going to throw an event, mm-hmm. what's the fewest number of people that would have to show up in order for you to feel like that event was successful? For me, the the Panhandle podcast meetup, the number honestly was like six. Yeah. Not to even say if just me and Shannon had shown up like I would have felt like a failure. But six is like the number I was looking at thinking – you know, if six people show up, like, that's enough people for a, uh interesting discussion. Nobody at the table knew each other. Mm-hmm. So everybody was, like, meeting new people that they had never met before, uh-huh. even though I had met all of them uh, and had a few interactions with everybody. So uh, that that's one of the things that – what was I saying? I lost my train of thought whenever I got to talk Talking about the number that makes it worth Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so your number is – like six, and I think I can't remember. I counted it up, and I think maybe it was like fifteen or sixteen people showed up, mm-hmm. and it was like, man, that's that's double what I was expecting. So I was really excited about it. Right. Whereas if somebody had said, "Well, I was shooting for a hundred, only sixteen people showed up," well, it's a different perspective. It's a yeah. different level of success, and and whatever your number is, that's. I mean, I there's tons of people that I know have artistic. Ab- Ability and could do something really cool, but then they say, "Oh, why would I do it? It's a waste of my time." Yeah. Well, well, I think that's where people get in trouble too, because it's really easy, especially with the way social media is today. I mean, you know, fifty years ago, you had no idea what somebody in India was doing right now, but now you can follow their whole life. And so you see other people that come from similar backgrounds and started with nothing, and they blow up or seem to blow up, and all of a sudden, there's a dude that's a firefighter in China that does a podcast, but he might have 100,000 followers, and oh, yeah. you know, 50,000 people listen to his podcast every day, 
And so it's really easy to compare yourself to that, but I think that's a really good grounding idea is what makes it worth it for me. Because for me, I, I tend to gravitate towards wanting a bigger crowd, wanting a bigger... Right, I right. Want, I want more... I'm trying to think of the right word. More, more of a reward yeah. for putting in my work. Well, you just want to know that people are vibing with it. Like you want to, right. you want to, like, exactly. and that, that's one of the things I've harped on on this a little bit on the podcast is uh, the, you know, Facebook is built for feedback, uh-huh. right? You put stuff on Facebook for the feedback. You put stuff on Instagram. I'm not saying that everything is necessarily some sort of like an egotistical building thing, building block, mm-hmm. but you're putting it on there for other people to see. And what's crazy is like with my with my website, I have more people go to my blog site uh-huh. and look at my blog than I have click like on Facebook, which to me it yeah. seems like it should be the exact opposite. There's sometimes I'm scrolling through and I see – I read that somebody posted something. It's an interesting article. I hit like because then it caches it for me uh-huh. and maybe I'll go back and look at my likes at the end of the month and click and try to read some articles or something. But most of the time it's just like – Ah, oh, cool. Like you're doing, uh, you're doing this lifting. You know, like uh-huh. Mason Bonavong pops up all the time on mine. Yeah. And sometimes I don't read the whole post. Sometimes I don't watch the whole video. But it's like, okay, this dude's obviously posting because he's putting up <laughs> some monster weight. Yeah. I'm gonna hit like, you know, and just keep scrolling on. I mean, that's right. that's it. I, I. That's the least I can do to support him is by hit a like. If well, he's getting 10,000 likes... It's funny that you say that because it is kind of the very least... The very least. That I mean, we can do... It, it's, it's like the, it's the lowest common denominator of social interaction. Mm-hmm. Because I'm the same... You know, like, take Mason, for instance. Great guy. I love Mason. Um, and I see his videos, but I know what's going to happen. He's going to lift some really heavy weight. He's going to... Show off his huge, awesome legs, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna be impressed. So yeah, sometimes I'll yeah. be like, "Oh, Mason's got a video. I'll just hit like." And exactly. Keep you keep. You know why? <clears throat> because you felt the feedback loop, right? So, okay. so what do you, what do you mean by feedback? So this is what I'm saying is like whenever I put out a blog post, right, and I get 50 likes on this blog post, uh-huh. I'm doing this shit for fun. Yeah, I'm making a blog post for fun. I'm spending. You know, way more time than I should. I'm giving it to Shannon. She's editing it. She's saying this part's great. This part's terrible. And then I rewrite it and then I work it and I mull it over for a couple of days and I procrastinate on it for a day Mm -hmm. and then I post it, you know. And it's like, okay, how many people have to like this in order for me to be happy? And my answer truly is it's like five people read it. And at the end of reading it, they say, wow, Dexter's a pretty decent writer. Okay, that's perfectly fine. That Uh five people is perfectly fine. So whenever I'm expecting five people and 50 people, probably uh, a large portion of them, probably 45% uh, don't click the link. They just click like, right? So just under half, just like do what me and you do. Right. Hey, Dexter did something cool. I'll support him. Roll on, you know. Then a smaller portion of that go to the website, and then a smaller portion of that read it, mm-hmm. you know. And it so that's what's cool is having well, the you, analytics. You think of how much they read of it too, right? You know, some people yeah. might read the first paragraph and be like, "Oh, that's pretty good," but I don't feel like Scroll reading something on. for the next five minutes. Yeah, yeah. and 
uh, not to interrupt, but you know that's oh, what yeah. that's what you have to think about with Facebook and YouTube videos. It'll say thirty thousand views. Well, I think it counts a view after as little as six seconds. So you can start a video, and you might just be sitting through the the stupid advertisement at the start of it, and it'll count it as a view. Mm. And uh, well, see, and that that's the that's the feedback I'm talking about is so Mason. So you're talking about if, like the statistical feedback. Well, I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying the the and, one like the one like on on somebody's post isn't as significant as the twenty thousand likes on you know yeah like um. I mentioned this dude, uh, Garrett King. That like, have you heard of him? Garrett, he's from he's here. He's from here. Yeah, yeah, he's a photographer. Oh, I'm pretty sure. I've yeah, I'm, him I a long dude. Time I bet. Ago. Yeah, and you've probably followed him on Instagram. I mean, he's like maybe I he know. has really good pictures. Anyway, uh, one of the things I I started following him on Instagram after. Well, I think actually a little bit before I met him because he's friends. Shannon knows him. Anyway, um, he gets like twenty thousand likes on his pictures yeah and i'm sitting there thinking twenty thousand people took the time to click like on his picture and i can't get i can't get 25 you know know. not 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 to say that that uh that is what it's about or that that defines your success but it's it's it kind of does it does it does because if if he is getting twenty two thousand likes or whatever He's getting paid for that. He's getting a lot right. of attention. He's getting a lot of job possibilities and inquiries yep. and sponsorships and all these different things. People want a piece of him, you know? Right. One it's, of the rappers I listen to has a, a phrase. social media influencer. Yeah, an influencer. Yeah. It, share my light. Uh, right. Do you ball, know who... Ball, crap like that. Yeah. Who is that dude? Oh, I can't believe I'm going. Uh, Ab Soul and Kendrick Lamar. Have a song called I think it's called Share My Light. Yeah. Maybe I'll end I'll end the podcast with that. There you go. With that uh song. But anyway, like that's one of the things. Um that's one of the things, you know, like when you're when you're shining, other people want to use your light to illuminate a portion of their room that's dark. Mm-hmm. You know? So whether it's through art or I really think like the big push and I, I y'all are set up great for it with uh, your other company, which we haven't even mentioned yet, 23, oh, you know. don't worry. We're getting to the plug. Yeah. At- plug. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but Atlas Supplement Company. So uh-huh. y'all, y'all sell health uh, clothing as well as are yeah. working on supplements and you got, yeah. you know, you got your whole thing pushing and it's all driven towards living healthier. You know, well, like okay. So to to think backwards on what you're talking about with the likes and things yeah, like that. Yeah. So, you know, my my company, so Atlas Subco, primarily does its business online. That that's our main distribution channel. Other than <clears throat> probably eighty percent of my sales are uh, other firemen. You know, because yeah. there's that good brotherhood bond built in, and people just want to support another firefighter. But all the other sales go through the website, and so. If I think about, I want to make, let's just say, one sale today. I have to think backwards of um, that one sale through my website means X amount of people have to go to my website. And right. I think, it's like farming. Right. And so like a good conversion rate, that's, that's what it's called. You know, you get a customer to your website and then you convert them when they make a sale. Right. Or when they place an order. So a good conversion rate is 20%. Mm. You convert 20%. But, you know, a smaller company like mine, it's 
as low as 5% sometimes, which means I would need to get 20 individual people to go to my website on one day if I was getting a 5% conversion rate. And to get 20 people to go to my website, I have to get about 100 people to view and or like a Instagram post, mm. an Instagram post or a Facebook post, because then the 5% of them, the five, you know, the 20 yeah. people, whatever, it, it goes down and down and down. And it's, it's rough because you're talking about doing your blog post for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think during the, during, I think July was one of our really good social media months and I do almost all of our stuff through Instagram. I'm not real big on Facebook or, you know, I, I don't natively tweet on Twitter or anything. So usually I come up with an Instagram post and I just have it pushed towards Facebook and, and Twitter. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. <clears throat> and that month I was doing a post almost every day and I was having fun with them. And I was getting the most likes. I was getting a lot of people to the website, more sales and everything. But then... You know, Ellie came in September, late September, and I was just gearing up, trying to get ready for the baby. Callie's store opened today, but we've been working on it for the last, you know, six months. Yeah. And so I was really busy, and now I'm at a point where I don't think I've posted anything for my business since maybe Monday. Um, Yeah, I think it was Cyber Monday. I posted. Oh yeah, yeah. And so now I'm a lot more intermittent. Yeah. And so my likes have gone down. Yeah, you disappear from the feed. Right. Like the right. Instagram algorithm gets chooses who it's going to show posts to and who, what posts aren't going to make people's right. feed. Yeah, it's not chronological anymore. Yeah, it's not chronological. There's an algorithm that yeah. it uses. Yeah, and sorts it. And so basically, the more popular you are, the more popular they'll make you, and the less pop- popular you are, they're not going to do any work for you. Right, right. So you got to hustle more and more and more, but it's hard to break into that. Well, it, and, and it's interesting when you say hustle. Because it's such a, it's like almost like a new generation term. Yeah, because I kind of hate the word hustle. I, I have a love-hate relationship with it because what it makes me think of is whenever I was a, a kid playing football, like fifth, sixth grade, yeah. and that's what they would say is hustle. Like you have to hustle. Like you have to get to that spot. If you don't get to that spot, you might as well not even be on the field right. because – this is a game, dude. Like, there's a touchdown, there's a point, there's a time limit. Mm-hmm. Hustle. Get and and so the time limit, I think, is what has been uh, is a, is one of the institutions that's going to get overhauled recently. Like, we have shift work, uh-huh. which is really interesting because you group, you block a lot, a large amount of time off, and say, I'm going to work for a 24 hour period straight. No matter what time somebody calls, I'm going to go out and do it. But then I get the next 24-hour period off. You know, you chunk, instead of saying, hit me for eight hours, uh, seven days a week, you know, uh-huh. which is, I think, what it works out to, is how much, how many hours a week we work, you know? We're like 120 of them. I don't know what the average is. I, yeah, mean, I can't you know, think some, of it. Some, I think the most that we work... 72 hours. It's 72 hours, yeah, because we work every three, we work three 24-hour shifts out of nine 24 hours our days because right, on yeah, off on yeah, yeah. off on four days off yeah yep. so I think the most we can do is 72 hours a day yeah a week, a week. yeah but, but see I, I know what you mean because uh, talking about you're talking about the kind of the way that the work schedule like well, the American not, work like schedule the, is the right intention now. the intention I mean the thing is with you running your business 
what it takes is blocked off time of of attention and intention, uh-huh. right? You have to say so. So, for instance, like Joe Rogan in that podcast with uh, Dan Carlin, I'll reference that since I've already referenced it. Maybe people are going to go listen to it. But uh, he talks about this uh, kid, like nineteen year old kid, that just bought like a nine million dollar mansion in the neighborhood where he lives. Yeah. Um, was he like a YouTube? Star yeah, a YouTube star. He was Is it that Jake Paul. I don't know actually. He didn't know who the kid was. He was just saying like it's crazy. I mean, Joe Rogan's like in his fifties. Right. And this kid is nineteen, and he's he's moving in like at the tippy top. You know, uh, it's just well, it's, it's crazy. It's the but golden age for entrepreneurship. Yeah, right yeah. Then, well, it's how much do you hustle? Like well, people don't understand. Yeah. Some of it is. I mean, like it's hitting it right, but you have to have the the backlogged content to keep somebody coming you back. Do. You know, like to become. But a fan I think the reason I don't like the word hustle is just the way that people use it and the type of like yolo and like that kind of shit like like it's like a younger generation hashtag hustle like what what are you doing today it's like a competition you know oh it's all about the hustle it's all about the grind it's like yeah dude the the paper chase or whatever it's like bullshit dude i well i like you know how i made it here i hustle i try to stay out of the paper chase stay out i I hustle only when I need to. That's why I like sports. Yeah. Because it's like you hustle hard while you're playing, and then right. whenever you're not when it, playing, when it you makes sense. And I mean, when it makes sense, like if if I wanted my business to blow up overnight, which overnight successes are never overnight. It takes a long time of hard work and dedication. But I would apply a lot more time to it. But I can't do it every single day. Well, okay, let me rephrase that. I could do it every single day. I could work on my business every single day. But very often I don't. Yeah. Because yeah. I've got other stuff to do. Yeah. When I'm at the fire station, I don't even try. Well, I've it, done that in the past, and I just I can't focus. Yeah. My time well, see, on and people it. don't people don't understand that when you're at the station, you're. And see, like we do a lot of standing by. We don't really run a whole lot of calls, but we stand by a lot. Uh-huh. So, but at any moment, it could be like, hey, gotta go. You know, if even if we're not going on a call, it's like, right. hey, somebody else is on a call and we got to go cover their district. Uh-huh. So we got to go. So anytime that you start sitting down to really try to concentrate on something, uh, it seems like even if you get in a good flow, which is hard to do, yeah. like it's hard to it's hard to switch gears. I feel like like intellectually uh-huh. going from, OK, I'm fire department. I'm knowing where this stuff is. I'm doing this to uh, I'm writing a play about a bar scene, which is my current... You're writing a play? Yeah. Well, no, a, a scene, a scene. Okay. And for that creative writing class I'm in. Yeah, I'm not writing a play. Yeah, for the creative writing class I'm in. But it, like, that's what I'm, like, trying to shift into. Like, yeah. I gotta work on this. It's a class. It's a college. Granted, I think I'm taking it as continuing ed, but it's actually, some of the people in there are taking it as a college uh-huh. class. So I'm, I'm sitting down, I'm trying to concentrate, and then I'll start working on it, right? I'll almost get in a flow, and then it's like, tones go off. Right. You got to completely switch gears out of daydreaming, basically, uh-huh. into a very practical sense where you got to remember a lot of different like steps. I mean, right. it's very procedural, and then you oh, try yeah. to go back into a creative state, or you know, it's just I I can't make my brain can't make the maybe it's because I'm ADD, you know, but my, my my brain can't make those shifts, so I have to stay in one like mindset, which is uh-huh. I'm just going to be waiting here. Like, I've got to set my environment. Yeah, yeah. To to properly work, I can't just I can't just pull out my phone or pull out my computer and start doing like I I need my desk. 
organized and think, okay, you know, I'm going to work on this. Here's my, here's my bank statement from last month. It's going to my right hand side or, you know, I have to have everything perfect. And then I'm like, okay, begin. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But otherwise I can't, I can't <clears throat> get in the zone. Um, you can ask Callie, I'm, I'm a contemplator. We did this personality test. That's my number one trait as a contemplator. Oh. And so I have to... Are you... Are you, I know this is kind of lame. People might make fun of me for saying this. Are you a Virgo? No. no. I'm a Scorpio, but I don't know what oh, it Scorpio. Okay. I just I just know that's my sign. Well, it's, it's funny because... I don't know anything about... Yeah, we don't really... I don't know if we... I don't know if Shannon might believe in it. But we, we, read, a, we read those a lot of times because it, it is funny how accurate... It's kind of well, like a I mean, personality. Most of it's all it's so like a personality it test. To anyone. Well, but but like for Shannon, it's like, hers... are you sometimes frustrated by stupid people? <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's yeah. so me. Yeah. I know everybody. You sometimes curse at other drivers. Like, yeah, I do. Oh no, I do. Yeah, See, funny. some of them are, but some of them are a little bit more specific. Yeah, some of them. And are. and I think it's kind of like a personality test. Personality test is a very general thing, you know, like a very general. And see, I think some of uh, the the signs. Might have to do with like just rituals within our society. So, how do you mean? So, like for instance, I was one of the older kids in the class. Okay, you were one of the younger kids in the class. Yeah. Right. It changes. It changes your like context of. So, if you're born in the months where you're going to be one of the oldest kids, and whatever your society arbitrarily dis- defines as a grade, they say, okay, you're only with ten year olds, but. You take a 10-year-old who just turned 10 and a 10-year-old who's about to turn 11 and they're very – they can be very different people. You know, yeah. like they can be very – you know, you could be the smallest kid in your class yeah, every was... year. But you could have or you would have been the biggest kid in the grade right below you. So it like morphs your psychology over like – over years and years of being the biggest kid on the football team because you're the oldest kid – Within that age about, bracket, like how it changes your mindset. Yeah, it, yeah, I mean, think about being a winner. Like, hey, I'm athletically faster and stronger than all the other kids that I'm grouped with. Not uh-huh. only because I'm a genetic freak, like most of those people. <laughs> like, I'm not a genetic freak, but there are some genetic freaks. And then you put them with a like younger group of kids instead of like three years older. I mean, people mature at different rates uh-huh. and different times, you know. So, I kind of wonder if it's something like that, you know, like. To where you can uh, ascribe a certain personality type to an to a month, not because there's something special about the month or supernatural, mm-hmm. but it just the way it plugs you into your society um, generates like a certain type. Or you know, if you're like a second child or a third child, yeah. how you have those different like there's all these different things dynamics, but it's because you plug into a culture at a di- it's like a it's like taking one USB port, right, a mini drive, mm-hmm. and I plugged it into a computer from 10 years ago, a computer from five years ago, and then a computer from today. Uh-huh. You know, It's going to run differently on each, right. on each computer. It's going to run in a different I – do I, I lost where I was going with that. Yeah, I think the train derailed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't but, know if that would make uh, sense. Well, we were – okay, so here I, – I, I can segue this. So we, we talked about uh, – Dude, you know what's funny? Logical signs. Is I'm not even, I'm not even through my updates. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was years. Well, or, uh, okay, yeah, we're talking about astrological age. signs. You know, yeah, like Virgo, Scorpio, oh, yeah, 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 just personality. And you know, a lot of times we end up talking about not necessarily conspiracy theories, 
but just off the wall weird you know like ancient egypt stuff like that right, yeah. that most people don't care about and think is stupid but if you actually read into it the logic is sound and that that's i don't know a whole lot about astrology but if you look into it i think one of the leading ideas behind it is you know you look at the moon when the moon goes in its different phases the tide follows right right and right. so some would there's say there's a pool there's a pool and some would say, if it affects the ocean, why would it not affect so our body, I actually which heard, is made of like 70% water? Right, I heard something about this recently. Well, if, and, you, if you hear that, the logic is sound. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't know how much I believe it. Right, right. Well, and you know what's, what's even crazier to me is the fact that no one knows how old the Zodiac is. Oh, really? Because it transcends multiple different cultures, and it's like... There's, I mean, and I don't exactly know. I could be talking on my ass on this, but there are connections. Like, to, there are similar things. Like, we can recognize a zodiac sign in uh, in Maya, ancient Mayan ruins, and we can recognize them in Egyptian pyramids across the you know cultures that were supposed to have no contact with each other. They they both know about procession. They know about the procession of the equinox. They well, all have these you know different about the Sumerians. I mean, I know a little bit about the Sumerians. So I've been geeking out on the Sumerians lately. Are you reading Hitchin or uh, what's the Zechariah uh, Zach- Sitchin? Zechariah Sitchin. No, yeah. but I want to read it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just found some YouTube. I spent a lot of time on YouTube just watching super. I was watching a video earlier that was uh, supposedly showing Justin Bieber turning into a reptile. Ooh, uh, a reptilian? Reptilian yeah. alien. Yeah, okay, one of the overlords. And I, See, I don't I mean, buy it, man. I, I saw a, him as a little dude, kid. I saw him as a little kid. He I wasn't a fucking a reptile. I watching stupid YouTube videos <laughs> like that. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, but, okay, here, let me... This is... I was well, actually well, gonna... I'll, I'll just oh, say yeah, the, the Sumerian one that I've been watching is a professor's lecture. Ooh. And so there's a lot of things in there I don't know if I can subscribe to. Yeah. But... You know, it goes back to that he's same a idea. The logic is sound. I don't remember his name. I don't know if he's like a big time professor, or like some fringe guy. But I mean, you know, you, you go back and you look at the uh, uh, cuneiform, their alphabet, the uh, different art that they have, and the fact that they have you know the solar system. Oh yeah, a lot of times, and the and they have Pluto, and, and so you need to listen really to Joe Rogan Experience, okay, episode ten twenty nine, Tom. DeLong. Okay, I saw that. You know him I from Blink-182? Yeah. Dude, you gotta listen to it because he goes deep. He is like, he goes really deep on all, like, I, okay, so last night at the station, I'm getting ready for bed, right? Uh-huh. And I make the poor decision of, hey, I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna click this one video. You know? <laughs> no, it's and like actually what it, what, yeah, yeah. what it was, what the video was, was uh, is it DeLong? Am I pronouncing that DeLonge? I don't, uh, I don't know how to say it. So I don't either. So we'll go DeLonge. Is it DeLonge? 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 Maybe it has an E on the end. The e it's like, me off. Yeah, I don't ever know. It's DeLong. Okay, DeLong. Anyway, so he's on there, and actually, the video, it's funny that you bring up the Anukai. Uh, Anunnaki. I, on, yeah, I Anunnaki. That's what it is. So I click on the video I clicked on last night was uh-huh. him talking about uh, Greek mythology, the Anunnaki, uh-huh. and uh, what's it, Planet X, you know? Nibiru. Ne- yeah, Nibiru yeah. and the Nephilim and the all that. The 3600 year orbit of Nibiru. Wait, um, yes. See, that's what's interesting is the procession of the equinox, I think, takes like 22 thousand no 2200 years okay maybe 
and they Graham Hancock. Have you have you watched any of that stuff? Some, yeah. yeah. So that's that's the YouTube rabbit hole you need to fall down is like Graham Hancock's. Well, I think because he he I goes into a rabbit hole, and that's why I haven't. Yeah, you got to stay away, dude. You got to be careful. You have to have time. Yeah, you have to devote time. It's got to be blocked. It's got it. You have to have that blocked off and and ready to rip and roar. Um. Forty minutes in, and we're not. Do you want to do your updates? Cause <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not even through the well, updates we can yet. Definitely talk we're at about forty that minutes. We're at forty minutes. I'm not do, done with the updates. Like, so just to tell the people at home, I've got like a little list of things. Like, I was gonna do an intro, and then I was gonna. I had some questions I was gonna break into. We're forty minutes in. I haven't even gotten through my. Um, dude, I haven't even gotten through my first announcement. Panel podcast meetup is what we started with, right? Yeah. Anyway, so the next thing I'm gonna say is um, this coming Monday. At four o'clock at Palace Coffee, I'm gonna do a test live podcast with Timothy Ingles. Cool. Uh, Timothy Ingles is gonna return, and we're gonna just I rent out that little Amarillo National Bank space uh-huh. there, and he's just gonna we're gonna meet up, and I'm gonna set up. We're gonna test the sound in there, see how loud it is, and then who knows? We're just gonna talk some different options and. Um, He's actually been a huge help, like recently. He's kind of cool. been. Uh, he's, it's a, it's he's always like good to find pushing. people. Yeah, uh, he's like pushing me, and it's yeah. kind of, it's cool because you know, like up until now, I've been pushing myself, and I'm a terrible pusher. You know, <laughs> like I don't expect much of myself. You know, but uh, anyway, so that if people want to check that out, what is Monday's date? Do you know? I want to say Monday is what's the first? Today's the first, and it's the so it's the fourth. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, if uh, people want to check that out or stop in like five o'clock. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do an hour, so from four to five, it's cool. gonna be the recording, and then afterwards I might stay there and you know drink a cup of coffee or you know maybe we'll hang out or something. But uh, anyway, got that going. Uh, I'm still gonna try to work on a. Uh, I'm thinking just about calling it a race team. I was calling it a Spartan race team. Did uh-huh. I tell you about that? You started to. Yeah. So I'm. I, we got a couple of different courses possibly that we could run. Like one starting from my house okay. where we could hit my climbing wall and then run over to d- some bars, uh-huh. do some uh, Amarillo National Bank, hit that parking garage that has monkey bars and a climbing rope and some tires and yeah. stuff, and then run back and maybe, I don't know, I haven't talked to Mason about it, but maybe end it like Solon Fit and do like some sort of a lift or something. Yeah. Oh, I bet but, be but starting to make a race team. So, so you want a race team... Just for that, just well, so what I'm eventually together. Or? What I'm eventually wanting to do is do the plug ugly race, uh-huh. seven miles with like six uh-huh. challenges in it. Do your listeners know about the plug ugly? I don't you, know, man. You explained it to them. Oh, the uh, legend of the plug ugly. Yeah, I don't think I have. So I'll, I'll yeah, this would be a good opportunity. You can Why correct not? me if I'm wrong. Uh, or I, I don't. No, the story, <laughs> but okay. I don't so know the story I just thought. So um, the plug ugly. It was back during the days of the privatized fire service, and uh, the way that these companies got paid. It was a fire company. The way that they got paid was by the insurance company. So you show up, you have your fire truck, you have your pump and everything. You put the fire out. At the end of putting the fire out. The insurance company says, hey, you did a good job. Here's a grand, and that's how you pay your boys, you know? So it kind of turned into a pri- – it was privatized, but it since it's an emergency type thing, you have to 
really focus uh, pretty pretty intently on um, on putting it out now because it's not going to be standing in 30 minutes. So anyway, they used to have these plugs all over town, fire hydrants, which uh, we still have today. And whoever, whichever company could hold the plug um, had the water to put the fire out. So the whole legend is that you'd have one dude on your group, on your crew that was just this big, mean, nasty, savage of a human being, you <laughs> like know, ugly. Yeah, like a hockey enforcer. Missing teeth. We're talking broken. No- and this isn't during the days of modern medicine where you break an orbital bone and they set that shit back properly. We're talking these guys, <laughs> they get clubbed in the face or something, and you're wearing that for the rest of your life. You're going to be ugly, you know? So they were the plug uglies, right? And uh, whoever was the best at it or the best plug ugly, they actually won the the plug and they got the money, right? So that's how you got paid. You had to have these big, nasty brutes of men to defend the plug mm-hmm. so that it's like, okay, this dude, I got to fight this dude, right? right. Or we don't get the anyway. That's yeah, kind of so the legend that, of it. How, how are you? So the way I'm tying it in, the way race. that I'm tying it in into a race is, it would. So you have the, each section of the run. So from point A to point B. So, for instance, from So One Fit to Amarillo National Bank is like a mile. If you have the fastest time on that mile, then you win that plug. And then you get points as the de- decrease. And if you just run it, you get a point, right? Uh-huh. But if you win it, you get five points, you know? Okay. So it's kind of a ranking system. But see, each plug has its own competition. So the first plug is how many muscle-ups you can do in a row, right? right. So if somebody gets in there busts out 15 muscle-ups, they win that plug, right? Uh-huh. So they score points there, and then they might not be the fastest at the run. Right. So they they might lose the run, but if you win enough plugs, you can accure enough points to where you might not be the best runner. You might not have been the fastest, but you were the best plug ugly, right? You held the most plugs, uh-huh. you know, and, and just kind of making it almost like a, I, it's hard for me to describe, but I want to say like an augmented reality game. Like think of like Pokemon Go, but instead of catching some like invisible make-believe monsters, you're doing pull-ups and push-ups and shit, you know, and running. Right. Like, well, it's you're, it's, it's kind of like an obstacle. It's an race. obstacle, exactly yeah. like an obstacle. And race. so you, so the way that it would work is that you have the different running sections. Say you have five different running sections, and you 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 have to focus on winning those. But then also you have your five obstacles at the end of each running section, which you have to focus on winning right. those also. And so if you're not a good runner, you might. You might be able to win those skill obstacles, or right. if you're a great runner but you can't do a muscle up, then you you're going to be trying to run it as fast right. as you can. But or maybe you yeah. can do both. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, that's the the hope is that it would that it would. In, what I want to eventually do is teams. Mm-hmm. So it's not an individual sport; it's a team sport. So yeah. like it, you do it, you treat it just like a fire company, right? If if I'm winning all these plugs, my company whatever it would be, we'll say Team Dexter, uh-huh. you know? Oh, dude, he, his team, Team Dexter, won six of the seven plugs. He obviously, like, they won the race. Like, that team won the race, right. you know? and then, But you could also have it a team and a individual event and run the race at the same time. So you could run it as an individual and as a team member, you know? Okay. I just think it'd be kind of fun, you know? And it would change up strategy because yeah. it might 
it might not be worth me even trying to do a muscle up because I can't do a muscle up. Right. But that's, that's Bobby Joe thinking. can do fifty muscle ups. Because I could maybe bust out one, maybe. I don't know. I'm too fat right now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't be worrying too much about the muscle ups. I'd be trying to run faster. Right. Right. Or maybe there's a different obstacle. Well, I'd see, at the at. end, what I was wanting to do is do a progression deadlift, end at so unfit, and do a progression deadlift from have it set up one thirty five, one forty five. 155, 165, yeah. 175, 180, and it's just a line of weights. You do a pull, do it, do a pull, do a pull to the highest number of pulls that you can do. So you might end up doing 10, but that 10th pull is going to be, I don't know. I haven't really well, figured out the increments. That'd be pretty interesting because if you were to do that, say you did it in 10-pound increments starting at 135, uh, you might be able to pull 400 pounds, but I mean, I've never tried going 135, 145, 55. I mean, either. You, you might get to 235 and be spent because it's right. your 10th deadlift yeah. with, with no rest in between. Right. So that'd be pretty interesting. I think it'd just be fun. So I, That's a lot of bars, though. Oh, yeah. Well, and what I'm thinking about doing, so the time, your time, the race isn't an overall race time. I might do like a, that might be one of the plugs, mm-hmm. but most people are going to come into a, into a segment and run really hard. Then once they get done with the segment, take a break before they do the the plug. Uh-huh. Recover, get your breath, and then they run really hard to the next one, and then they recover, take a breath, talk. You know, it's not like super fast thing. You know, right. so it's it's going to be interesting. I, I it might be a logistical nightmare and strategically uh, complex, but that's kind of the idea is the plug for the plug ugly race. Um, but okay, and now this is Illuminate by Absol featuring King Kendrick Lamar. And uh, this is off of his 2012 release of the album Control System. Please enjoy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Back when I first grabbed that pen, I told myself I was gonna win. And I ain't no win, but it was gonna end. Dup happening, I won't end. So you can take your top five list, dead or alive, and put me after the M. I'm a fucking genius, gripping my fucking penis, living this life. You can't tell me nothing, still ain't really got no money, fucking right. I'm all about that real, about that real, this ain't no motion picture. I tell you how that feel, how that feel, even when the odds against you. They wanna see me wear polo drawers, put two chains on, and that ain't wrong, but that ain't me. I go too damn hard, I don't need clothes and jewelry to stand out. Black lip nigga with his hair wild, too damn proud, killing it since Kame. Oh boy, oh boy, I'm the man now. TDE, put the money in my hand, ain't shit free. Spin this quicksand, I won't sink. Put the pistol in my hand, I won't think. Rest in peace, you just made room for the next to be. I've never been afraid to say what I wanna say when I wanna say it. Okay then. Furthermore, we do this for y'all. Rap stressing, but it pays great. That is until you lose a pill when your release date. Get date raped. Stay safe. Hold your head. I got two fish and a loaf of bread. Feed the people. Food for thought. Cause we all equal. Who the fuck? They wanna share my life. 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 Shine, shine, give me the light. 
you wanna rap like JC Now I feel like I'm run laps around JC Now I ain't seen nothing, it's nasty Big and pot gotta come and wanna pass too You got the mic, I ain't the one you wanna pass to My nigga say my new shit pass due I pay dues, even got that shit tattooed High power, run another black too I know you know we need a few plaques too The brand new niggas with an attitude Poppin' Compton, a Timbuktu I might even sell my new shit for ten bucks too Too ill when I jot these words Too ill when I shot the world I know life's bitch when you know life's a bitch and that's not your girl Cold shit, I'm hot though, like cold get Absolute, this is a shifting paradigm I remember when I couldn't spare a dime Now I step in with a paradigm On peace, y'all know me Flow like water, Admiral T Be best author ever to breathe uh, and as we proceed to follow these dreams, I ain't losing no sleep No, no, on a no dose, and it's no, no, if it's no dope So high, but I'm so low, two cups and I sip slow Taking my time, we don't just shine, we illuminate the whole show Now let's go They wanna share my light, they wanna share my light They wanna share my light, they wanna share my light They wanna share my light, they wanna share my light They wanna share my light, they wanna share my Time and time I drop line for line, but only time will tell If I ever go collar bond and cop 39s and cock back and kill See the truth is, they wanna know how close me, Dre and Snoop is So how the shoe fits when they choose this to be Tupac But truth, I give two shits bots Expectations of critics hating shit I just put moms on vacation, bitch You never know my new location It's across nations, court cases get thrown out So tell that motherfucking King D don't now I am ruler, I am highness, the prince of Munda I am this shit like what the prune does Black on black tent like King Takuta Black is back, bitch, I'm King Nakuta Black on black crime, resent the shooter Black, 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 I attend the mutual Racks on racks, I don't rap on tracks without my A-game So please don't ask me about no pressure Bitch, with the grip on my fingertip, I can hold this coach together They wanna share my life 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 Hopefully you enjoyed that song. Uh, what You know what's really funny to me about... It's one of the things me and James and I were just talking about. Um, my, my wife really makes fun of me for that song because I actually think that both of those dudes are super intelligent and have a whole lot to say. But the such a big part of hip-hop is being ridiculous and saying... Like, is coming up with these, like, rhymes... That your that your friends are gonna be like, what? you know, like I mean, he said it, he said that, you know. Well, and, I think you actually have to be pretty smart to pull off stupid humor. Oh, dude! Because one of my favorite movies is Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, the first one. Yeah, because a stupid person couldn't write such a no, stupid no, movie. No, no, no. I mean, it it's 
genius and how stupid right, so right. much of it is. Well, see, and that's the thing is it's just funny to me because when in reality, and granted, I mean, it so that's what I was saying is our reality at the fire station, like not to go into too much detail, but occasionally it gets uh, a little – you're just trying to make each other laugh, you know? Sorry, I'm you're trying ringing. to make less noise over here and I'm making more. You're making more. Okay. But – um. You know, you're you're just kind of you're clowning. You were making jokes, like yeah. you were you were getting. You know, you're right. You know, it's right. Uh, so she always makes fun of me because of his first line and that. You know, he's like, "I'm a genius <laughs> gripping my fucking penis." You know, but it's just it's like I just like the overall message of the song. I guess I mean it's like you you've got to shine, and then other people are going to want to share your light. They're going to want to share your shine. They're going to want to, you know, like, right. and especially if you're like Kendrick Lamar, one of the top rappers in the world, like everybody wants a piece of that, you know? Well, like People gravitate towards success. And if you're doing something and you're being successful at it, then people, they, they're always going to want a piece of it. They're going to seek you out. Almost. Always. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Okay. So... Which I, I assume because I've never been really <laughs> successful at anything, but yeah. Well, okay, so that is so. We'll, I'm going to start at the bottom of my my list here, All right. just because you went there. Is so one of my questions is what is your like definition of success? Ooh, that's a good question. Okay, um, I think so. Obviously, I think society's version of success often involves money. Obviously, you're successful if you've made a lot of money. Or if you've had a lot of accomplishments, you know, you're a CEO of a big company or you founded a startup or you're a philanthropist or something like that. And I, I mean, it's, it's not necessarily a bad definition of success, but it's maybe not always accurate because you always, there's always the story of the troubled millionaire that, you know, can't find love or whatever. You know, they always make movies and stuff about that because at the end of the day, maybe you've accomplished a lot of things, but you're not fulfilled. Do you're just a man like that? Yeah, that's the thing. No matter if you're a millionaire or a bum on the street, you're still shitting into a pot. You know, you still got to <laughs> yeah. eat. You yeah. got to breathe. You got to like work your body out. Like, don't neglect your shit. You know, I mean, that's I think what blows my mind is so so often the nobody ever says. Well, I'm not nobody ever. I mean, I know for a fact that you value health and a lot of the guys we work with value health. But whenever you say, hey, what is your definition of success? Well, it's being able to like stand Drive up. Drive a big truck. Stand up. A big house my, yeah, and, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. or be healthy. It's, yeah. I'm, I'm, success to me is living to 95 and standing up and sitting down on the toilet until I'm 95. Like, well, I'll I don't tell you one thing. If I'm going to be 95, I want to still be able to sit down and stand up. Yeah. I don't know if I want to live that long. Well, no, no. That's what I'm saying is when you say that, when you say I don't know if I want to live that long, you're saying I don't know if I want to see myself decrepit and miserable. Like right. broken down. No, not at all. Yeah, and I don't either. <laughs> I don't want to see myself broken down. But see, that's <clears> – <throat> That's where health and fitness should be a yeah. success and a priority when you're 20. So you're taking care of yourself. You're preparing for the 90-year-old self that you're going to be not, well, not you know, preparing for the – You're supposed to. Right, you're supposed to. But you know, it's, it's the old saying that youth is wasted on the young. Yeah. I mean I, I'm, I'm, we're both 29. Yeah. And 
looking back, nine years ago when I was 20, I was an idiot. I did oh, the yeah. stupidest things. Oh, dude. And, and can you, you imagine? You're indestructible. And your body, dude. Like, people don't understand what they mean by when your body slows down. Yeah. But I can remember being, like, so tired after a wrestling practice and then the next morning just bouncing back and hitting yeah. just as hard of a wrestling practice oh, yeah. the next day. Yeah. And now it's like if I were to do the, a similar workout like you it takes like three or four months before i'm back in that kind of shape well you know, you know two three years ago maybe a little bit longer when i, I you know I've, I've been lifting for the last five or six years now maybe seven mm-hmm. i don't remember um pretty consistently you know five to six days a week sometimes seven and two or three years ago i could do i, I was doing one of the arnold schwarzenegger workouts off bodybuilding.com and every workout five or six days i think it was six days a week Every workout was about two to three hours long, and that was not stopping and talking to people. That's consistent hard work. You yeah. know, you're doing 10 exercises, a lot of them supersets, and you're doing five sets of each, and just lifting heavy weight, and I could do it. And, I mean, it's it was still hard, but I could yeah. do it. I could get through the whole program. And I started doing that last year, or maybe earlier this year. And I got like two weeks into it and I said, screw this. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I can't recover fast Yeah, enough. yeah. You know, doing chest twice a week and both times yeah. super heavy. Well, see, that, that's, what's, do it. that's what's crazy, man, is it's not doing the work that's the hard part. It's recovering after the work that yeah. that really, like, that. that's the thing about, like, running a little bit further distances. Like, doing a half marathon, the body doesn't break down. I really mm-hmm. like that race because even the training is within, like... It's not really gonna. You're not gonna have like chronic distance injuries. Whereas I think once you start training for the marathons and the ultra marathons, you uh, it's all about recovery. So the yeah. training program, it, all the runs are easy runs. Uh-huh. You're breaking yourself down in an. E- it's not like high. A lot of people say it's high impact. It's not high stress on your body. It's it's once you get once you get into the motion of it and that. That's one of the things they talk about in Born to Run is it's how high you kick your feet uh-huh. in your back stride. Like you There's run a lot to the mechanics of running. You which run different when you're barefoot. Everyone runs right, right. But but if you're barefoot, you're going to run completely different with a yeah. different posture, and, and you're not going to run as fast. Uh-huh. In in Western culture, we have this thought: Oh, if I'm running, I need to be pounding the pavement. I need to be running as hard and as fast. Right. It needs to be uncomfortable. I need to be uh, out of hustling. breath. Yeah, hustling. Whereas actually. The, the people who are really great runners, they just pick their – and granted, they run really fast. Right. But they're, they just, they're just going out there like, hey, I got a 15-mile run. I'm just going to go cruise. I'm going to go do my well, thing. If you, you took know? the average person that – you know, maybe they exercise a little bit here and there. You know, let's say three days a week or something. Don't do a whole lot of running, but they sign up for a 5K and they want to compete. They don't just say, oh, I just want to finish it. But they're like, okay, I want to see how well I can do. They're probably going to start off at a, a stupid pace. You know, close to a sprint. They're yeah. they're probably going to be going at nine or ten miles an hour. Yeah. For the first maybe ten, oh. or two tenths of a mile, yeah. thinking, okay, I can keep this up. Right. And then you very quickly realize, no, I can't keep this up. Yeah. I haven't trained for yeah. this. I can't yeah. do that. But if you start at like a six mile an hour pace, a ten minute mile pace, then you might be able to find that. Hey, I can go a little bit. I can push a little bit more. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's all about figuring out what your what it, your pace. Yeah. Is. Yeah. And, and knowing your body. That's what's really fun about like this last. The mayor's half that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, damn, I can't remember which even month that was. I did a podcast right after the yeah. day after. I was wanting to do a podcast with Stephen Pierce, 
because he ran the same one. Yeah. But our schedules just couldn't line up. I couldn't get him in. But um, anyway, it was it was real fun because they had pacers for the first time. Uh-huh. So I was I hopped in with the hour forty five pacer and just started with him. This dude, um, I actually don't know how to pronounce his his name. I think it's Jose, and I can't remember Al Alaranda. He's fast as hell, dude. He like went down to. Oh, I think I've seen. Is it like uh, Ariano or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he's he, like, fast, trains, dude. He trains at like uh, Nick's Fight Club or something. Like yeah, that. yeah, he does. Like... He does train at Nick's okay. Fight Club. Well, he was my pacer. Uh-huh. He ran ten miles before the race, and then he <laughs> ran like he was the pacer for an hour. For I mean, he's just a yeah. mo- he's really good, really good runner. But when it was really fun because since he was a pacer, he's saying I'm setting this pace right. Well, a lot of people play the trick in like the mine. Which granted, I should have probably done this time. Hey, you hop in with the hour forty guy. So when he drops you, you can pick up the hour 45 and make sure you finish your run at an hour four. I was just trying to break an hour 50 uh-huh. um, was my goal. But, um, oh, where did I go? Where was I? Where did I go off the rails on that? Oh, what was really fun is when you start running, you can tell the people who don't know, like they're there just to run a half and they're not really prepared for it. They uh-huh. haven't really tested their body. They don't know their limits because they push really hard to stay with that guy. Yeah. Whereas I know, dude, if I'm having to push really hard in the first three miles, I'm running way too fast. I need to back way off because right. I'm going to bonk. I'm not going to finish the race. You well, know? you got to consider your stride too. Yeah. Which I'm not a great runner. I, I just recently started running more because Strava, follow us on Strava, by the way, people like seriously get on Strava and you can find James. Are you on there as Atlas? I'm on there, but uh, I haven't really used it. I'm doing a lot of treadmill running right oh, okay. now. Okay. Well, they, really they actually have a plugin now for that to where okay. you can start. But it's a social thing. Like yeah. That's the thing is yeah. you can follow me on it. I can follow you. People can follow us. And that's one of the things about that race team that I want to do is have like a Strava group. Yeah. Everybody, we're, you know, people that can post runs and post. Anyway, sorry. But well, go ahead. You're running on treadmill right now? Running on treadmill. And, and, uh, I've noticed my stride, if you can, okay, you said a treadmill at six miles an hour, which is, you know, a 10 minute mile pace, not, not crazy. You can, you can almost double the amount of steps you take during a minute if you want to, mm-hmm. which would make it harder. Or you can fix your stride a little bit and take it a little bit slower. I mean, you can, there's, there's more play in your speed than just how fast you run. Right. Um. And it's really evident when you see guys of two different heights running next to each other. Like Cody Rankin and David Koba, both great runners. Yeah. If they're running at eight miles an hour, Cody's like, and Koba's. Right. They're just, I mean, they're, yeah. they're two different heights well, and that, they're going you know, different strides. Yeah, running with, running with Cody, like I feel like I'm running with my dad or something. Like he's so tall, like as... Yeah. He, like his hit and granted he's not he's not that tall of a guy yeah. but just running with him since his legs are so long and he you don't expect a dude that big to be able to run that fast well you I've know? got a theory on Cody and my theory on Cody is that he's actually a terrible athlete <laughs> but by sheer determination and will he's made himself oh he'll run. he'll tell you that he'll tell you that he'll, <laughs> and that's you know that's what's really frustrating about it is he'll Which tell you if you're listening I'm, I'm just kidding yeah. you're a great athlete no, that, just, well that's I'm, what's I'm just saying he's got that's what's that funny mindset. he'll he'll say that to you he'll say that he's not the the best athlete that he just works really hard yeah. and it's like dude 
He, I, I can't remember. He runs like a sub sixteen minute five k. I, I'm, I would be, <laughs> I would be blessed if I got below twenty minute five k. Like, and I mean, I've been running like a lot. I mean, I've been running for two years now, like pretty. Well, consistently. one of my goals for two thousand eighteen is I want to run a six minute mile. Not necessarily consistently. Yeah. Just one time. Yeah. <laughs> the, fastest, just, the fastest the fastest I've run was a six oh six oh four. I, I think ran I'm, Strava ran a little I think like a year or two ago I got myself into like the low sevens. Low sevens. And and I'm not a runner, so yeah. that was good for me. But I thought to myself, man, I ought to be able to run a six minute mile one time in my life. Man, let's let's plan to start doing some uh, track workouts. Okay. Because that's I'd an easy down. place with the kids too. We can all go out there and do yeah. track workouts together and uh, and that actually helps you a whole lot with like your half marathon distance, like uh-huh. doing those sprint workouts. I mean, that's the other thing is a lot of people don't realize is you you prepare right before you go to work. Uh-huh. Like you think about getting sleep the night before. You plan on being up at a certain time. You plan on eating breakfast before you do this and that. Right. People, you got to plan your workouts the same way oh, and yeah. say like, okay, I'm planning on doing this. I'm preparing for this, like pre-workout yeah. and using your proper supplements. And like, if you need pre-workout, to go to atlassupco.com and get Apple. conviction today. Yeah, atlassupplementcompany.com. <laughs> Are you frustrated with your pre-workout? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's but, okay, so backtracking the original question was what is success define okay definition of success so i think success is finding your contentment where you're content where you're not striving for more and not because you've given up but because you're content with where you are because you know i mentioned the the unhappy millionaire and then there's the unhappy poor person yeah and then there's the unhappy middle class person and so money really doesn't necessarily dictate your happiness well, I've even, heard though that, it, even though society pushes it but you can find a point where you realize okay this is what's going to make me happy right. whether it, maybe it is money maybe it's uh, your relationship maybe yeah. it's faith maybe it's this or that but you have to find that point where you think I enjoy my life right now and I've made it right like, you, they say over $70,000 a year that there's no correspondence with like they say up to $70,000 a year there's like a pretty decent like correspondence between people who are happy with their life and people who are like so like below 70,000 is where money you start feeling money all the time you start thinking about it and but once you get 70,000 you're living a certain level of lifestyle and it's really difficult to elevate that happiness or the the happiness you can get from the materialistic world well, that kind of peaks right out if i got you know if i got offered some job where all of a sudden i'm making a million dollars a year you know right now i live in a hundred thousand dollar house is it a little small yeah but it's, it's it's great for what i need you know it's me callie and the baby and we got two dogs perfect size house if i all of a sudden was making a million dollars a year i'd go look at you know two hundred fifty thousand dollar houses and then all of a sudden, I'd be thinking, well, shoot, I could afford a $350,000 house. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm that person. I would not, as soon as I got more money. What's up, Callie? You want to say hello? Hi. <laughs> say hello. I hope you're on there. Oh, yeah, we're recording. But yeah, no, you want to say hello? Yeah, hey. Hey, podcast world. This is Callie Arredondo, uh, owner, operator, CEO of Athleisure, Woo. Wolfland. Square. Passing off the baby, dude. That baby's been good, man. Yeah, I don't even think been. I don't think you're gonna even know that there was a baby in the room for the recording. She's like still passed out. I miss this age so much, dude. I remember when Emmett used to sleep this much, and it was like, oh, it's so easy. But then, 
then he never sleeps. <laughs> then he never slows down. And then he like just winds up and it's like, dude, what are you, you know? <laughs> Oh, that's super cute. I, I haven't checked. It has, doesn't feel like it, but are you? Okay. where are you going to feed her? Um, back there. Okay. We're good. Does she need help? She said she'll call for your name if she needs help. She doesn't know how to do the hmm. okay. No, no worries. No worries. Yeah. yeah so tomorrow's the grand the opening. Tomorrow's the grand opening. Tomorrow. I told her I'd keep it. Okay. Oh, yeah. That was quite fun. Tomorrow's the grand opening. We're going to have mimosas mimosas and shopping it would be a great place to bring your wife for some christmas uh ideas under yeah. the under the tree we also they... sell gift cards yeah if you oh, gift uh, cards. don't want to bring your wife and yeah. you don't want to pick out her clothes because you don't know anything about women's clothing like yours truly the wives can come in create a customer account put all of their sizes exactly what they want the guys can come back in later pick it up oh my goodness like a target registry like a gift we, registry we have so many options nice. you just need to get in the door yeah you yeah. just have to get in the door <laughs> it's true i think tomorrow i hope i mean we bought basically 12 bottles of champagne Ooh. and so if we case popping bottles yeah yeah popping yeah. bottles yeah. that's for nice. you guys Cool. Yeah. We Hell. Love our customers yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna post this tonight, so hopefully people will come out tomorrow. Fifteen percent off. Ooh. Hook nice. up. Hook yeah. up. Yes. Nice. All right. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Oh, nice. De- okay. So, definition. Wow. You were in the middle of. I think. I think that was probably the uh, extent of my definition of success. Well, you were, just, you were saying, just you were saying that, that, that it's you're saying you're seeking contentment, right? Because yeah. because seeking contentment is better than seeking more, right? Both ways, you should be pushing yourself. Like I'm, I'm content with my running right now, but my next goal is to run an hour forty uh-huh. half marathon, right? So it's I have a goal, but I'm just content running. Right. Just doing half marathons. I mean, as long as I'm healthy enough to do half marathons, well, I'm content. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna break any world records here. You know, but but setting your contentment level, like uh, in the last podcast, I talked a little bit about crutches uh-huh. and saying how we like to define crutches as like like glasses or right. like uh, we don't ever think about the shoes we're wearing as uh-huh. crutches. Like I'm wearing a pair of running shoes; they help me run further. Right? It's a crutch. Yeah. It makes my body do something that it couldn't do without it. So, mm-hmm. the my goal, my contentness, uh, or my definition of success is to not need the shoe. Well, see, you know? now we're talking about perception because it, it's how you perceive it. You know, somebody would say, "Well, my shoes aren't a crutch; I have to wear shoes." But that's that's just our perception because right. I mean, humans lived a long time without wearing shoes or without wearing sold shoes right you know yeah. maybe it was just leather straps like the indians or um, native americans wore and you know so perception plays a huge role into your reality yeah you know, are your shoes a crutch or are they just what you have to wear because that's what everyone wears or is it a performance enhancing like right. so for rock climbing you cram your feet into these little bitty small shoes for very small periods of time. Yeah. But it's so that you can get the most out of that toe push. Right. So it actually... And, and it does better than if you were barefoot. Yeah. Yeah. You you can... Because once you add that rubber in, mm-hmm. it's like putting a cleat on your foot. Yeah. You can cut pretty fast in grass barefoot, but you can cut guaranteed faster with cleats. Right. Guaranteed faster. It's but like, you might... You might break something too. right well it's like ice skating too yeah. you know you put a pair of ski blade you know yeah. ice skates on a guy he can cruise around ice 
You know, it's it's a crutch. You know, like a lot of things in life are crutch. And I think so. That I guess to hijack the question, my my definition of success would would be that as well. I think becoming content uh-huh. and trying to become content with less, and strata, instead of pushing to be content with more. Like, oh, I hit that million dollars, I'm happy. Oh, I hit that that big ass truck, I'm happy. Right. You know, like you have all these different things that that you need more for, more material uh-huh. versus saying I want to be able to do 50 push-ups. Right. Well, well there's see, not much other than push-ups. A lot of those push-ups. are outward expressions. Yeah. That you know, I bought this big house, now I've made it. But how have you changed internally? Right. You know, yeah. I've got this big truck, why am I not happy? Right. It's probably because you haven't worked on yourself at all, which is really easy not to do. Oh, it's it's too easy not to do. I mean, there's yeah. days whenever I think I'm working on myself, the whole day I'm thinking like I'm like I'm working on myself. You know, yeah. I'm like I'm getting better. I'm I'm growing. I'm intellectually. I'm challenging myself. Right. And then I realize, dude, I've been a douche to my wife all day. <laughs> you know, it's like I didn't succeed at anything today. Right. You know, like I. So it's like always this like difference of pushing forward to be more successful and pulling back and realizing that you're actually, you got to restrain your selfishness, selfishness uh-huh. in order to be happy because you got to be content with less. And that's actually the key to happiness is being, being content with less, you right. know? Yeah. But, which is a crazy, that. it's a crazy, um, so, um, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like we already kind of touched on this, um, a little bit. I do have fatherhood on here because okay. baby is how old now? Is it? She's ten weeks. Ten weeks. Ten man. weeks and two days. Ten weeks and two days, man. Yeah. Two and a half months. Uh-huh. Dang, that's crazy. It is crazy, man. It and it doesn't ever slow down. Like that's the craziest part. Yeah, I, I mean, I I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like you always kind of think. I think whenever you're young, you think that the future is going to be less hectic or something. Like you're going to like almost get over this like yeah. hump. But it's like it's like climbing a mountain. You get to the next peak and you just realize, dude, I'm surrounded by peaks. Yeah. Like there's, I'm, there's another one. I'm in a mountain range and I started out at a beach. You, well, know? you know, I think part of my uh, maturation process throughout life has been realizing people don't know what they're doing. When I was Nobody a kid, does. I thought, oh, that guy's a scientist. He knows everything about <laughs> yeah. science. He, he knows, knows exactly it. what yeah, he's doing. He knows what he's you doing. Know? My teachers, they know everything. Yeah. That's why they tell me. Yeah. And you start going through life, the older you get, and you start realizing, my teacher doesn't know anything. My, te- my teacher's an idiot. My teacher's in debt? Yeah. <laughs> my teacher doesn't have any money at yeah. all. Like, they leave it, you know? Yeah. Or, 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 you know, uh, there's a business owner. They know everything about business. They're super successful. Oh wait, they know nothing about business. They're yeah. running it into the ground. I mean, they're yeah. doing terrible. Yeah. And uh so I think that that's kind of like fatherhood in a way. Uh I thought my dad knew everything that he was doing. And now being in his shoes, uh, I realize, oh no, he's just doing what he could. He's, yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things that you just all of life you just figure it out as you go. Yeah. I thought you would eventually reach a point where you had it all figured out. No. It won't ever <laughs> That's come. never gonna happen. No. And uh but on the topic of fatherhood, I think fatherhood's really one fun, two rewarding, three stressful. Oh, it's very stressful too. Uh, because 
you know, my dad worked a lot. He was always, uh, he was working all the time, you know, 100-hour weeks. He was a, a surgeon, and so, yeah, silver spoon, whatever. But, uh, you know, I, I used to have resentment. Or, what, or whatever, or whatever, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to resent him, in a sense, because, you know, he wasn't at all my basketball games. Yeah. He didn't show up to this, didn't show up to that. And I thought, you know, when I'm a dad, I'm going to be there for everything. The Austin Austin Powers syndrome. Daddy, daddy wasn't there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Daddy wasn't there. But, you know, now that I get older, we bring Ellie home. And I think like the second day that we were home, I'm running all over town doing things for the family, for Ellie, for Callie. And I'm not there. And I'm thinking... Oh, it's probably just a taste of what it is to be a dad. And I think oh, part yeah. of being a dad is just that provider mindset. Yeah. And part of providing is a lot of times not being present. Right. And so it's a weird mm. trade-off. Mm. You know, you want to be there. You want to be a part of everything. But in in my mindset, I'm the provider and protector of the family. Right. And sometimes to protect, you you have to not be present. So it's it's really strange. It is strange. What do you think you're protecting them from? Oh, I mean, like in a primitive sense, uh, you know, from harm, from right. danger. Right. And, you know, part of the protecting is providing, which is going to work. You know, home a you know what one of the craziest things is? I thought about this when people say that, that phrase, because I used to think that too. Like, I'm trying yeah. to protect my family. But then I think the greatest likelihood that... My family's gonna <laughs> yeah. die is in a car accident, right? Uh-huh. Uh, most, most, that's one of the leading causes of death in America. Premature death is is a car uh-huh. uh, crash. So what do I do? I load my family, my whole family, up in a car, and I drive eighty miles an hour for eight <laughs> hours all the way to Denver. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like well, so. It's like I, I'm I've thinking seen about you drive, and I don't think you ever hit eight. <laughs> I know, it was like fifty five. Yeah, no, hours. no way. Oh, I, oh no way. I my uh, my efficiency, my uh, my illusion of efficiency is far too too trained. I have to like be like, okay, over eight hours if I drive five miles an hour, a little bit faster than I get there. This, uh, but anyway. Um, well, I, I agree with you. The, yeah, yeah. You know, so, so yeah. So protecting. More than likely, you're, are we you're actually not have harming? To but are we harming our family? By so like for instance like you you think uh, like public schools mm-hmm. and there's all these different things that that our society just tells us naturally like eat more sugar, go to public school, learn this stuff, learn this, be this way like you know it it kind of yeah. coke it cokes enjoy football right right like watch football every Sunday. And also watch these beer commercials where it looks like they're having a fucking great time. Everybody is skinny. Oh, well, they are having a great time. They're, they're, they're having a great beer. Yeah, they're drinking beer. They're drinking Bud Light, the, the most delicious beer. You know what mm, I'm saying? Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying is is the the image that they are projecting is to trick. It is not to encourage. Yeah. It's to show you, are you not happy with your life? We'll drink this beer, party well, with the I mean, party I, like a rock star, and then you'll be that's happy. That's because every business is solving a, a problem. That, that's what any business is trying to do is solve right. your problem. Mm-hmm. And so, 
Yeah, of course, you know, a lot of people, maybe they drink too much because they're not happy or unfulfilled with life. So you show people that are happy and fulfilled in life. Right, right. And they're in great shape because if you drink too much beer, you're probably not in good shape. Right, right. And see, that's the part that they don't show you is like, they, they don't <laughs> they, show you. That should be the beer commercial. They don't show you the next. ugly guy. Yeah, they don't show couch. you the next morning when you roll over and you're all hung over and you threw up on your shoes the night before and you, you, uh, you look down at the phone and you get a text. You get the you get the text, hey man, you're gonna be at the canyon in twenty minutes. Yeah. And you're like, Oh you know, like whenever you're a kid, <laughs> that's the kind of stuff you accidentally do. Now that I'm an adult, yeah. I drink like a beer, I pass out, you know? Oh yeah. So but so it's kinda of one of those things that's like as as you get older stuff changes and uh Sorry. What are we talking about? Uh, we're talking about beer commercials. Oh, beer commercials. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. But yeah, so it's like whenever you have an artificial uh, perception of what success is, right? So so the, the beer commercial is telling you, hey, success is riding the bullet, man, like getting on the train, climbing the mountain, and yeah. drinking the Coors Light. But what what's actually happening is you're not climbing a mountain. You're sitting on a couch, and you're watching other guys play football. Right. For eight hours. Like the new Michelob Ultra commercials where everyone's going and working out and then they go meet up and drink Michelob Ultra. Yeah. Well, and see, everybody knows the people who go hard don't drink Michelob Ultra. No. Like, seriously, I mean, you go to, you go to Colorado and you walk into a place where people have just, have just finished uh, running a marathon or an ultra marathon or whatever. They're probably going to have a darker beer with more carbs in it. Dude, they're going to have a Dale's Pale Ale or they're going to have yeah. something crazy that – because they don't give a shit. They don't, they don't care about yeah. restricting their calorie intake. They just burned years off of their life. Well, all right. Well, hold on a second. Let me, let, me, uh, let me ask you this. So talking about advertisements trying to deceive you. Do you think that's just part of business and that's the way it is? Or do you buy into the idea of the uh, like shadow governments and, uh, yeah. you know, like George well, Soros? So and, I don't I, – I think I am in like the middle ground on it uh-huh. because I think that they intentionally – they they're intentionally trying to deceit like they use science to try to control your thoughts right yeah but i don't think that they're smart enough to think 60 years into the future i think some of them are and i do think that there is like i mean it and it's un it's uncovered i mean like the entire war on drugs was mm-hmm. the entire way that it was built is the exact same way that they used to actually run the cigarette companies right mm-hmm. they, they don't give you any actual facts they just give you these visuals and then you input you oh wait this bad this bad or this good like beer good cigarettes yeah. good you know money good you know like success <laughs> and 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 then they put other things in your head like being a dropout hippie lame yeah. not going to war because you 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 don't want to kill people objective yeah or whatever. no lame you know all these people they're they're weak they're soft they're you know. So the I think like Nixon's I think pretty uh, obviously used that tactic towards the hippies and towards black people of the day and towards any like Hispanics. He intentionally like he made marijuana illegal so he could arrest hippies because because yeah. they weren't going to war and he needed people to go to war. I think Nixon was still in the war era, wasn't he, or was he before? Um, he was after it. 
I'm thinking Kid Kennedy. I don't know. Anyway, you know what yeah, I'm talking I about. I, there's other people that know a lot more about that, but I do think that uh, I do think a large portion of it was like um, intentional manipulation of a large section of the population in order to sell us crap we don't need. Well, yeah, and make so us that, want that's basically what I was getting at. Do you think yeah. they're just trying to sell you a product, or do you think, or they're trying to sell you a lifestyle? Yeah, they're trying to sell you a lifestyle, but uh, I don't know. Do I, I just, you know, I yeah. Well, see, because like, I go like I was telling you earlier, like watching stupid, you know, reptilian shapes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I really enjoy reading about all those conspiracy theories too, whether or not I believe. That's them. one I of my questions: is favorite conspiracy? Ooh, favorite conspiracy. Okay, let me let me preface it by saying that I don't necessarily believe any of the conspiracy theories, but I don't necessarily not believe them either, because they're just. Well, okay, okay. Out of out of out of all of those, out of all, because here's the thing, man: is the list of of conspiracies is huge. Like you, you got a lot to choose from, from reptilian shapeshifters to that there was a past uh, advanced civilization on Mars. You know, Uh I mean, Atlantia or Atlantis, which I think is probably true. Uh, you got you've got a very wide range of conspiracies to think of. Well, so like, I'll, which I'll one? Tell you which the one that I that I, in a very broad sense, what I do believe the most is that anything the United States government is telling you is more than likely false. Um, you look at things like the Las Vegas shooting, or the shooting in Texas. Basically, any of the shootings that have happened in the 21st century, and then you go back and you look at. You know, the uh, what was the name of the experiment they did where they dosed a bunch of black people in like somewhere in the south, basically dosed them all with some sort of disease. I think it was hepatitis or oh, AIDS or yeah, something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, it wasn't Tuskegee, it was something like no, that. No, yeah, they're, I can't remember. Basically, they've done a lot of shady oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, especially can, in the 20th and 21st centuries. Yeah, off, and then, off the record stuff. Yeah, off the record. And you hear rumors about it, and you hear the conspiracy nuts talk about it, and, everybody, and it's easily uh, dismissed because it sounds so crazy. Right. But then 50 years later, you know, they just released all the documents on JFK, JFK yeah. where I read, and I don't know if it's a reliable source or not, but basically part of what those documents said is that, oh, yeah, of course there was a second shooter. You know, part, yeah, of, part yeah. of the proof could have been up there, to nine. Yeah, is one of the and the whole I, time I saw is, one no, there's there's one shooter, yeah. magic bullet, whatever. And it's one of the no, reports. We've, we've known since you know. Since that's what's crazy that. to me is how does how do they know so quickly? Like well, detective, I think what they were saying is that detective work takes a long time to really be able to hammer out who all was involved. How what I was reading was, was from the doctor stating the direction, the of trajectory the, of the bullets of the bullets. No way they could have come from the same spot. See, now, one of the problems for that is that you do have, like, the ballistics of bullets does mm-hmm. very weird things when it hits bone. Like, talking to different hunters, like yeah. the guys we work with, they'll shoot an animal and hit, like, a rib, and it will put the bullet in a completely different trajectory. So yeah. it looks like the, the the deer got shot in the head whenever you actually, the entrance wound is in the armpit. You yeah. know, weird shit happens, you know? Um but yeah, I mean, my whole thing is like the 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 point of a conspiracy is you're covering up something that you know that you don't want other people to know. Uh-huh. 
So that's the, that's the shady part to me about all of the stories that they like almost they release really quickly uh-huh. as the main the this is the story this is kind of what happened like nine eleven yeah uh, the the first day of nine eleven they're kicking around Osama bin Laden's name yeah they're like oh this is him this is uh-huh. him this is the guy it's like so you had enough information to where as soon as something happens you know it was him and right. you didn't do anything right about it. Like that doesn't make any sense to me, yeah. you know. Like all these, well, all these different then things. You, okay, so then you look at the uh, the patriotism that came afterwards, or the Patriot Act, which right. severely limited our freedoms. Right, like, but from I'm here talking on about out. the American patriotism. How many American flags did you see put out by local? You know, everything like that. Yeah, and what that also did was make you more likely to want to go to war for yeah. thinking that it could have been. Anyone other than Oh, yeah, yeah, on. yeah. It's, All of a sudden, you're not a patriot because you don't believe what the government told right. you about 9-11. And I don't know. To question the, to <coughs> question the narrative yeah. is to say that you, that you almost disregard the tragedy or something like that, which right. is not the case at all. You Obviously, know? Like, there's a huge human yeah, tragedy. Yeah, I think it's terrible, you know? Okay, and so that ties into Sandy Hook. You know, that, that's the same thing. This time, children were killed. Right. But if you go and look, hey, if if you know somebody that was there or died there or whatever, you know, all I'm doing is entertaining idea. Uh, you read some of the people that oppose the story of Sandy Hook and say it was a hoax, and there's a lot of things that make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of things that don't make sense. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is most of what happened that day. Right, right. And so I mean. Well, but, and the fact to me in the age where everybody has a camera in their pocket, uh-huh. everyone has a camera in their pocket. Yeah. The only shots that the news ever shows are like helicopter shots yeah. from like way above or outside the scene. You know, or like, it's like they, the only phone footage they could get was from somebody that's still carrying a flip phone. Yeah, something. Yeah, it's like, like terrible, crazy footage. stuff like that happens. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's the thing is I think we should prepare, which we do prepare to, to you know, react in situations like that uh-huh. and counteract that kind of stuff. But it's almost like it, it does kind of contribute to the illusion of safety that yeah. a lot of people live within, you know, like, I don't know, there's shootings every day, yeah. right? And there's, there's people shot in Amarillo every month. There's people shot all over the United States every yeah. month. We have a... They, but they never take the cameras into Chicago, right? Into inner city Chicago and say, you know, gun violence has got to stop. Yeah. It, it, they wait until it's these large, and they say, like, mass mass casualty uh-huh. shootings to say that it's a problem or to, like, pounce on it. Like, it's right. a political issue when it's like, well, that's no, the, like. the political issue happens in, you know, all, all over the place. It's not, you can't be isolated to one incident, you right. know? You can't treat each incident like it's an isolated incident, uh-huh. I don't feel like, in, unless the government is creating some sort of a yeah. conspiratorial overview or like the CIA or somebody's like doing these crazy things, you know. Which uh, they're always doing crazy things. Yeah. You know, one, one of the theories that I read about for Vegas was that uh, the shooter, the purported shooter, can't think of his name right now, was an undercover FBI agent. And he's fixing to sell arms to American ISIS cells in the hotel. Oh. But whenever they got there, somehow they figured it out, killed him, 
and then did the shooting. Which makes sense. I don't know if all the evidence lines up. Yeah. But as far as the theory goes, it's yeah. a pretty good theory. Well, it is kind of weird. That's one of the things that seemed pretty quickly to me like he's got all these guns and he's got all of this ammo yeah. and he shoots himself in the head. Yeah. He committed suicide before the SWAT team got there. Well, and then like why if you if you're wanting to have a shootout, why would you shoot yourself? Like I, that's what I don't under unless well, I guess you don't want to get caught. He shot two hundred rounds in the hallway at the security guard, and then six minutes later he starts opening fire on the crowd, oh. or maybe even up to ten minutes. A, a significant okay, see, gap I, of time. I've heard. I've heard like when some, some I think that. most emergency units in the United States strive for a five minute response. Right. Time. And I've also heard. I don't know if this is true that at a huge event such as that concert, I mean, obviously there's going to be cops there, and there might even be standby cops. And I've heard that sometimes they have standby SWAT units. Oh yeah. Which I don't know if that's true or not. Why wouldn't? And in, in a town as big as as La- big as Vegas, and you got to think how much money is in Vegas, dude. Yeah. Those those people aren't just playing around with their money. Like there's no. a reason that the mob started Vegas. They don't play with their money. Yeah. You know, there there are security security teams in Vegas that I'm sure are like top notch badass. You know, oh, yeah. Like well, that's kill you without you even real. Find. You know, that's some of the other footage that you'll find um, is security purported security camera footage from the uh, casino of high-value assets leaving by uh, being escorted by armed personnel Mm. minutes before. So, I don't know. It's it's one of those things that... And the narrative that the media put out came out so quickly. So quick. That's what I don't understand. And so much has been taken back, redacted. I've been on scenes. I've been on scenes where we don't have any information for a long time as to no. what's happening. We have zero information. Yeah. And they had information like it was it was released quickly yeah. with like a lot of information. Oh yeah. Saying, "Oh, it's only one shooter." Right off like that quickly is kind of a crazy. Oh yeah. Seems like a little bit of a crazy jump to me, you know. Yeah. It's like it's jumping the jumping that commitment level a little bit quickly, I feel like. So no, I, I agree completely. It's it And all the different agencies are coming out with the same information. Yeah, yeah. And so it makes you think, okay, so there's just one source for this? Yeah. Who do you think that one source would be? The government. That's what you're thinking. <laughs> That's what you're thinking, the government. Yeah. Which it, That's they, what I'm thinking. Yeah, and okay, they're called cons- favorite conspiracy theories because it's – it's just a theory, you know, right, and it's a lot right. of fun to dig into those. But I have had a lot of fun digging into the, some of those conspiracy theories because I think they're fun to think about. And yeah. so, dude, we're gonna have fun, to. It's a fun thought exercise. Yeah, we're we're gonna have to cut this, dude. We're at an hour forty, <laughs> and I still got several questions. One of them was, "Are aliens real? Yes or no?" Ooh, okay. What? Yes or no? Are you sure you want it? Is that all? You I just got it. Yes you just no? get to say yes or no. And this one. We can we can bring it back up. We can bring it back up on our next podcast. But for this one it's a yes or no. Okay, I'll tell you I'll I'll answer your question with a question. No. Yes or a no. <laughs> Come on. I'll answer your question with a question. All right. If aliens are real, Ooh. what effect does that have on the earth's standing religions? 
So that would say you do think that they're real. You can only think of that I, question. I don't know. Like, but, but that's presuming that they are real, right? So you're saying presuming that they are real, which means yes. That's an affirmative. So James Arredondo. No, I, I, still, don't, I still don't know if I agree. <laughs> um, what I have thought about a lot is, you know, I'm a Christian. And in Christianity, what effect would the presence of aliens, conscious, you know, have on cognitive the aliens. Yeah. What effect would that have on Christianity? Well, see, what's funny to me is if you... Th- no, if you, you said th- yes or no. We can't elaborate. Yeah. Well, I'm going to elaborate just a smite <laughs> because I've been thinking about that recently okay. with uh, for a couple of different reasons, just for fun, one of them. But it's kind of the same way that the Catholic Church thought that, that everybody's faith was uh, dependent upon Earth being the center of the universe. Uh-huh. And then once science proved Earth isn't the center of the the universe, the religion kept right on. It, it like it wasn't contradictory. Yeah. So I wonder if something like that would happen. So aliens end up, and then in a hundred years, people would say, yeah, of course the Earth isn't the center of the universe. Like, and of course Christianity yeah. wouldn't be limited but to Earth. Flat. Yeah, there it is. Everybody does that. <laughs> All right. So this was James Arredondo. Uh, Thank you for being on the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me. So, um, and until next time, people, peace out.